the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 21st, 2011. And today we're going to be covering some subjects that have come up heavily in the last, oh, anywhere from the last two weeks to the last two to three months. And the bulk of the study, actually the whole study, is going to be on the um, New Madrid fault line uh, warnings, the potential for an, an earthquake in that particular region, and also tying it together with the recent events in Japan, how HARP may uh, relate to this whole subject of actually being able to create earthquakes and these types of cataclysmic events, and that's been proven in many um, documentaries and things of this nature and many reports that HARP has that ability. And um, also we would be looking at uh, these the potential for these troops that we've, I don't know if you've heard about them, that, that uh, they're saying maybe 60 miles south of Laredo, Texas, Chinese troops stationed, and how this all of this ties together, I, I think. Now this, granted, this isn't going to be... Um, an exhaustive study on every single one of these points. What I try to do is bring in a lot of the the main meat and potatoes points regarding these subjects I just mentioned and have a study where we can uh, kind of tie it all together. Because I, I could probably end up doing, you know, three, four-hour studies on each subject. But I wanted just to do one where it's all tied together in one spot to give you kind of the big potential picture. I'm not saying that, that any of this is going to happen. I'm saying there is a potential for it. And I've received a lot of news lately from my listeners and from other sources that I have regarding these these um, subjects we're going to be talking about today. A lot of cross-confirmation. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. And... Um, gotten a lot more than two or three witnesses on, on these subjects. So to start out with, let's uh, just kind of go back to the Word of God. And these would be some good word, um, uh, particularly the first verse here, good things to dwell upon. Because no matter what I mention today or no matter what I say regarding a current event, I'm not here to inv- uh, uh, put the fear of man in you. I'm not here to invoke the spirit of fear into you. Fear of God is one thing. Fear of man or fear of events is a totally different thing. And just to just to kind of give you some verses on that, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Hebrews 13.6, So that we may, may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And so, again, a a lot of the reason that we do the things that we do is based on 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And 
when I first started hearing about this New Madrid fault line subject, and obviously the, the Japanese, the, all the things that are going on in Japan right now, and now, now even these potential troops, Chinese troops, um, going back on the New Madrid fault line, I did not just jump on this right away and, and, and come out with a study on it. I wanted to wait to garner more confirmation, more knowledge of this particular thing, and, and this is what we've we've gotten. Um, so we, we, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And regarding the end times, according to Matthew 24, 24, if it were possible, they, the evil, the, 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 the new world order, essentially, the, the antichrist and the false prophet, they shall deceive the very elect. So we do not want to be deceived. It was one of the main warnings Jesus Christ said, uh, is to be not deceived regarding the end times in particular. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So, no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what cataclysmic thing may happen, the earth is the Lord's. Not only the earth, but the universe. He created it. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, according to First John, or, um, John, first chapter. <clears throat> so these are verses that are good to reflect upon, because the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, ever making intercession for the saints at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Next verse, for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And also, the Bible talks a lot about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And this is something that you would really want to have, particularly going into the times we're, we're moving into. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. You know, things like discernment, divine providence, you, I mean, providential, that the Lord would direct your steps, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So, those are verses that are also very good. So, we want to constantly acknowledge the Lord and the things that, that um, we... we um, in our life, for, for if we want his direction, we need to acknowledge the Lord and, and give him the credit that's credit that's due him. So these are things that are very important, and these can have a big impact on our being guided by the Lord. So, going into the teaching now, um, New Madrid Fault Warnings, I give you quite a few different pictures in this. And the first thing you would be looking at here on page 2 of the, uh, it's going to be about a 18 or 19 page PDF, <clears throat> is a map of the New Madrid and the Wabash Valley seismic zone, which essentially is a, I guess it's about at, at a 45 degree angle if you're looking at, at a map of the United States. And it, it literally bisects uh, or it pretty much goes through the borders or, or right between the states of Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, 
Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri. It's it's kind of at, at an angle, and it, it kind of goes between all those states. And these are, they've been very, very active seismic zones as of like, granted, there hasn't been like an 8.0 earthquake there, but there's been many, many uh, magnitude 5 and magnitude 4 to 5 earthquakes in this region, um, not only, you know, recently, but, you know, going back months and months and months. And it seems to be getting more active uh, by the month. So, i give you a little map here that you can look at and you can actually see some of the places where these earthquakes have happened. Now, in order to establish a point regarding this particular matter, I'm going to give you some things that the government is openly admitting to that they're doing in this particular region in order to prepare for an eventual cataclysmic event, uh, particularly in the New Madrid Fault Zone. Okay, The first article, Army, CIA, and Canadians to train at Fort Leavenworth. Army officials are, are preparing to conduct what they're saying is a rare training event involving the U.S. military. The CIA, Canadian officers, and other governmental agencies... And you would kind of wonder, why would they bring in Canadian officers? We'll kind of get to that later. The Joint Intermediate Staff Planning Exercise will be held March 21st to 25th, which we're just started today, at Fort Leavenworth's Lewis and Clark Center, home of the Army Command and General Staff College. The week-long event is designed to encourage participants to confront the challenges and uncertainties of joint intra-agency and multinational operations. When we're, we're documenting this stuff about the government, you're going to see that as being a very, very common theme. They're joint, intra-agency, multinational operations. It's kind of like the New World Order, the, 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 the New World Order that we're going into. We're going to have a merging of, you know, not only uh, governmental uh, agencies in the military and these types of things, but you're also going to have a merging of the world of other countries coming together with their military and their governmental agencies. Um, and so we're, we're seeing that here as well. Besides the CIA, agencies taking part in the U.S. Treasury and State Departments, U.S. Agency for Intra International Development and the Defense Threat Readiness Agency and the International Red Cross. Those are all going to be... Now, some of these are governmental. Some are like International Red Cross. You think of, you know, emergency, disaster relief type of things. The Defense Threat Readiness Agency, I would imagine that's what they were involved with. Officers from the Canadian Forces College will represent their nation. Now, this came out from the Associated Press. And what I'm trying to do here is give you, you know, all the, the links in the PDF if you want to explore these articles further. You have the links here, and, and you can do so. Uh, next thing, this is something that's been reported on widely as well. It's called the National Level Exercise 2011. This is their fact sheet. This is from the government. I'm not making this stuff up. This is basically what I did is copied and pasted it off their PDF and just trimmed it up a little bit, um, some of the verbiage. But this is straight from their, their uh, source. This is the fact sheet from them. National level exercise 2011 is scheduled for May of 2011. So we're, we're talking um, April, May. So we're in March, April, May. So a couple months from now. The, the uh, Actually, probably not a couple months. It doesn't give the exact date, but sometime in May. The purpose of the exercise is to prepare and coordinate 
a multiple jurisdictional integrated response to a national catastrophic event. Now, again, that's very similar to what we just read, this multiple jurisdictional integrated, you know, new world order, again, response. We're going to have a, a coming one world government, one world political system, one world currency, one world religion. And we're seeing that here, this integration of everything. The NLE 2011 is designated as a Tier 1 national exercise. Tier 1 exercises are conducted annually in accordance with the National Exercise Program, which serves as the nation's overarching exercise program for planning, organizing, conducting, and evaluating national-level exercises. The NEP, meaning National Exercise Program, was established to provide the U.S. government at all levels exercise opportunities to prepare for catastrophic crises ranging from terrorism to natural disasters. The NLE 2011 is a White House-directed, congressionally-mandated exercise that includes the participation of all appropriate federal department and agency senior officials, their deputies and staff, and key operational elements. The NLE 2011 will focus on regional catastrophic response and recovery activities between federal, regional, state, tribal, local, and private sector participants. They want, it, they want to make sure everybody's on the same page. The NLE, now listen to this, the NLE will simulate the catastrophic nature of a major earthquake in the central United States region of the New Madrid Seismic Zone, otherwise known as the NMSZ, is an abbreviation. So they're having this gigantic, this is the second thing we've talked about. This is specifically, though, will simulate the catastrophic nature of a major earthquake in the central United States region of the New Madrid Seismic Zone. So it sounds like they're, they're expecting something really cataclysmic to happen here. Now, we're going to look and we're going to see if we can get any confirmation. We've already, this is confirmation in and of itself, but we're going to see if we can get any other confirmation. As we go on, I'm going to read you the rest here, though. Uh, the year 2011 is the bicentennial anniversary of the 1811 New Madrid earthquake, for which the New Madrid seismic zone is named. The NLE 2011, uh, now that was, just so you know, that earthquake in 1811 was one of the worst, if not the worst earthquake we have ever had in America. And people don't associate that region with earthquakes in America. But that was a really, really bad one. Uh, NLE 2011 will be the first NLE to simulate a natural hazard. Um, NLE 2011 activities will take place at command posts, emergency operational centers, and other locations to include federal facilities in Washington, D.C. area, and federal, regional, state, tribal, local, and private sector facilities in the eight member states of the Central United Earthquake Consortium also known as CUSEC. The eight member states of the CUSEC encompasses four different FEMA regions, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, Tennessee, Illinois, Indiana, Arkansas, and Missouri. Exercise Objectives Through a comprehensive evaluation process, the exercise will assess response and recovery capabilities both nationally and regionally. The exercise is designed to validate the following capabilities. Communications, critical resource logistics and distribution, mass care, sheltering, feeding, and related services, medical surge, 
citizen evacuation and shelter in place, emergency public information warning, emergency operations center management, long-term recovery, and exercises such as NLE 2011 are an important component of national preparedness, helping to build an integrated federal, state, tribal, local, and private sector capability to manage a catastrophic event and rapidly and effectively respond to and recover from any major disaster that occurs. Now, I'm going to play you a video from a guy on YouTube that uh, goes by Patriotics, Patriotic Space. He's got several videos, and this, this video here was, I think, one of the last ones he released on this. It was from January 22nd, 2011. He's got, some, he's got his first one, which really goes in, into this in depth, but it's like 37 minutes long. You know, he cusses some in the video, and I'm trying to kind of get that out, but it's a very long video. It's not practical to play for this teaching, but if you want to, you can click on Patriotic Space in, in the PDF to this. It'll be on page, about page four, um, and you'll see it. It'll be in yellow, highlighted, or you can go up to YouTube and do a keyword search for Patriotic Space or um, more proof they intend to create a disaster. Uh, which is the title of this video, and you can you can watch his other videos. Okay, but I'm going to play from the 1806 to the 2925 marks. This is going to be a little over 10 minutes. I'm going to play this, and I'll probably be stopping a little bit to uh, give you some commentary because this is going to start really tying this all together that we're talking about here. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start this now, and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Moving on, uh, I want to get to how the Gulf of Mexico oil spill is, is, and this was written summer of last year, okay? And it talks about the new Madrid fault zone, okay? You need to look here, all right? Okay, now, if you remember, I did several, many, many teachings on this whole Gulf of Mexico oil spill. Not on just the oil spill itself, but how they fractured the bottom of the seabed through this deep well, dr- uh, well drilling. And they have just created such a gigantic problem. When they tried to cap the well, what happened is, is the oil forced itself up through other places where the pressure could be relieved. So they've created this gigantic mess down there. And this actually relates heavily to this topic and to the New Madrid Fault Zone and to HARP being a mechanism to really set that whole thing off. So I'm going to let him talk here. There's a very important aspect of the Gulf of Mexico oil spill crisis that hardly anyone is talking about. You see, it's not just an oil spill that BP has unleashed on the floor of the Gulf of Mexico. What BP has done is that they have uncorked an oil volcano that is violently spewing oil and gas out of the floor uh, of the Gulf of Mexico so violently and with such pressure that it is beyond the capacity of human technology to control it. Well, they said they got it, and that's what the oil cap was for. Remember, this was written in the summer of last year, so bear with me. Millions upon millions of gallons of oil have already been pumped into the Gulf of Mexico, and millions upon millions more will continue to be pumped into the Gulf before all of this is over. So could all this violent activity on the floor of the Gulf of Mexico spark seismic activity in the region that could potentially be absolutely catastrophic? Pay attention, folks. 
could this oil volcano cause an earthquake along the New Madrid fault line that is so powerful that it could bring about the end of the world as we know it for those living in the area? Those are legitimate questions. And it goes on to talk about this. And I'll leave a link there for all you guys who want to come back and read the full story. But think about it. That was summer of last year. And here we are going through, uh, we are going through these events now. And I'm absolutely sure that they are, uh, and, and, you know, uh, that they have something to do with uh, the BP oil spill. And here's another article that's uh, very interesting. And it goes on to talk about, and this is the article that, this is the article that I got that had that map right there. And it says, the Mississippi Canyon and what a seismic or nuclear event could trigger. Okay, and what, they, what they're talking about is when they were discussing options for blowing that well with a nuclear bomb, that it would create activity in a seismic zone, the New Madrid seismic zone. I say New Madrid, New Madrid, tomato, tomato, for all you picky uh, folks out there. Uh, now, if you remember, <clears throat> this is one of the things I reported on when we did all those teachings on the Gulf oil spill, was that the, one of the options that they had talked about was actually getting a nuke um, far below the surface of the wellhead itself and detonating a nuclear device between where the oil field was in the top of the um, seabed and imploding that area with a nuclear device so that they would stop the oil leak. That's what he's in reference to there. You know, whatever. Anyways, it, this is what could happen to the Mississippi Valley with an event uh, that, like we're talking about here. Look at the east coast of Texas how much underwater it is. Look at all these areas underwater, okay? Uh, looking over here at North Carolina, man, it, it gets kind of close to where we're at, but, you know, we're up in the mountains, so we're in this mountain range right here, so I feel safe and secure for now. But look, it practically separates the entire east coast from the west, the entire east coast from the west. What's going to happen to us all? What is this going to do to our lives? You think about it. I'll link up this story for all the rest of you guys to read. Right here's a website that... Okay, now the map that he's showing, which I have a picture of it on my on the PDF that you'll see. Um, I believe the map is from Standeo, but the Navy has also has a map that's very similar of what they would predict would happen if... There was a major, major uh, cataclysmic event in the New Madrid fault line. It's not just the New Madrid fault zone that would cause this, but essentially what we're seeing in this map is Florida's gone. Florida's totally underwater. Um, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, the uh, Gulf Coast of Texas, all of the eastern seaboard hundreds of miles inland are covered with water. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, okay? But that's one of the things they're saying is a possible scenario, and it's something that even the Navy has come out and put out maps that point in that direction. Um, there's a lot of different theories on how that can happen, and we're going to be mentioning some of those theories today, but it has to do potentially with something like um, 
New Madrid fault zone going, the uh, Caribbean plate, which is connected to the New Madrid fault zone, the Caribbean plates, uh, that going, that could be set off by uh, harp and or a nuclear device, also a potential for what they would call in term as a pole shift. Um, that would be something that could definitely uh, greatly contribute to that. And, you know, then you get into the theories about Nibiru and Wormwood and the Planet X, and I've done a teaching on that, and, and that also weighs into this. Now, I'm not going to be sit here and be dogmatic and say, thus saith the Lord or anything like that. What I'm trying to do is give you information to equip you, to give you some potential uh, scenarios, and take it to the Lord in prayer, pray and fast about it, and see where the Lord would lead you. Because I'm having a lot of people ask me, well, where, where do you think is the best place, you know, to be in the United States? And personally, I believe the best place you could probably be would, would be in Alaska. Just because there's a lot of different reasons, but population center in Alaska. Alaska has, um, literally the whole state of Alaska has less people in it than some of our major cities have. And Alaska is several times bigger than Texas. So it's a very big place. Um, there's mountainous regions which are obviously of a higher elevation. Um, less population density. I've had, I've had listeners, I've been getting uh, several over the last few years saying they've already relocated there. And I'm just thinking in the lower 48 states, this is where the New World Order is really going to focus its martial law plan. Not to say there's not going to be problems in Alaska, but... Personally, if you were to ask me where would probably be the ideal place to be in America, uh, I, I can't really think of a better place to be than, than Alaska, personally. Because, and then a lot of people I know, like, um, they've moved up to the Montana or Wyoming area, and there's a lot of potential problems with the Yellowstone region up there, and that caldera, which is the biggest, essentially, volcano, uh, I believe, in North America. A lot of seismic activity there. I've got I've got links on that. Now, granted, again, you want to do whatever the Lord Jesus Christ tells you to do. I'm just trying to give you some other guidelines, um, just my my personal feelings on some things of that nature. Okay, uh, but wherever where you want to be is in the center of the Lord Jesus Christ's will. So don't let this motivate you out of fear. I gave you those verses. At the start, to try to establish a foundation, a scriptural foundation, when we discuss this particular talk, topic. So you focus in on that before you focus on anything that I'm telling you. Okay? Because I'm not, I'm not sure myself about these possible, you know, scenarios. I'm just trying to give you a broad overview of what may come down. And uh, I just don't want you to be, if, if any of this were to happen, I don't want it, you it to be the first time you've ever been aware of any of this information. So, let's um, go further. Uh, it's a sunrise, sunset calendar. Um, I'd like for you guys to all pay attention to this site. I'll put a link down in more, more uh, details. Because we need to keep track of when the sun is rising and when it's setting. All right, Because something is wrong. The, the world is vibrating. The world is shaking. And, and it's throwing off our sunrise and sunset and the path of the moon. If you guys can't see that uh, the gravity of this earth is being perturbed, that something is going on, 
I don't know what else to tell you, but I'm trying to offer you information here that'll help you solve these, uh, solve this puzzle and put the pieces together. So now he's being diplomatic here, and he's doing basically the same thing I'm doing. What do you think he meant by what he just said with the sunrise and the sunset? What he's trying to do is he's trying to kind of, in a diplomatic way, say something's perturbing our gravity. Okay. Now we know, according to the Bible, it talks about wormwood. Okay, and this relates to the subject of Nibiru and Planet X, okay, um, which would, um, if, if a large enough planet or object that would come near to the Earth would start to affect um, or perturb the uh, gravitational forces on both the Moon and the Earth, and it could start to have a... Uh, a very big effect regarding earthquakes, seismic activities, volcanoes, hurricanes, tidal patterns, you name it. Okay, so this is what they're, they're in reference to there. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and um, as well. But this is what he's in reference to with the sunrises and sunsets. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and be dogmatic and say, you know, this or that. A lot of different theories about this out there. And... Most of the people that are involved with the Nibiru research are hardcore New Agers. I'll be flat out honest with you. I'm not saying there's no Christians that are, aren't. But um, I just kind of wanted to clarify that point a little bit. Let's go further. I'll link up to that uh, in the more detail section of the uh, video. Now let's get to the evidence here. Finally, getting to the evidence. Now... I reported that FEMA was buying up all the, fruit, uh, the uh, freeze-dried food that is available for survivalists and whatnot. Now, here we have the proof. This was issued on the 20th of uh, January, 2011. Notice type. Sources sought. Okay? And who this applies to? All other miscellaneous food manufacturing. Con now, this is a document he's reading from, and I posted the bulk of this document in the PDF, straight from the government. You can go and read it yourself, okay? Right from their website. Um, this is what they're doing. I mean, I've tried to order some just things in the past months, and it was very slow. And one of the things I ordered, things like powdered eggs, I couldn't get it. They, they still hasn't come. So, um, there's a... Certain um, freeze-dried foods and these types of things are very hard to obtain at this point. Contracting Office, Department of Homeland Security, Federal Emergency Management Agency. Okay. Okay, so they're the ones wanting to order this food. So those are those are the customers here that uh, that are buying up all of the food. And here we go. Uh, let's go back to where it's important here. Description. The Federal Emergency Management Agency procures and stores prepackaged commercial meals to support readiness capability for immediate distribution to disaster survivors routinely. The purpose of this request for information is to identify sources of supply for meals in support of disaster relief efforts based on a catastrophic disaster event within the New Madrid fault system for a survivor population of 7 million to be utilized for the sustainment of life during a 10-day period of operations. 
All right, they're planning on this, guys. Check it out. FEMA is considering the following specifications. 14 million meals per day. Okay, then it goes on to say what the serving size and... and, and uh, So, 7 million survival population, 14 million meals per day. What the, would that mean? Two, me- two meals per day for that survival population of 7 million for a 10-day supply. This is what... And, and, what are they doing it for? Specifically, they tell you for it's for a uh, a uh, seismic event within the New Madrid fault system. I mean, this is stuff. This is food. There, I don't know if they've bought it yet, or whether it's in the process of being bought. But this is something they're acting upon. It's not opinion. It's fact. So we've got all these things going on, these, these, all these joint intra-agency governmental things they're doing to prepare for some kind of cataclysmic event in the New Madrid fault zone area. Now they're going so far, they're really putting their money where their mouth is. Now they're actually looking to buy, you know, millions and millions of, of, of uh, meals ready to eat, MREs, for a survival population of 7 million for a 10-day survival uh, window where they would feed them. Nutrition of these food foods should be. Okay. Now look at them. This is going out to all these organizations. They're doing a questionnaire on whether or not uh, uh, these companies can can support these this request. Okay. Uh, they're numbered questions all throughout, and I will provide a link for this as well for you to read. Uh, here we go, something else interesting. Remember I told you Walmart was, was designated as a FEMA store and would be one of the only retailers out there allowed to distribute uh, and sell food products uh, to Americans. Now look at this. Does now, why doesn't that surprise me? I mean, Walmart should be called Big Brother Mart or China Mart. I mean, that's one of the most wicked, evil... I can't even hardly stand to go in the store. I mean, I'm not saying that if you go there and shop that you're evil. I'm just saying, personally, for me, I can't even hardly stand to go into place. I just sense evil walking through the door. I mean, basically, their goods are all China slave labor goods. I mean, a lot of it. They're evil. And they're very much yoked up with you know, the government already, they've got, you know, the see something, say something, Janet Napolitano, teleprompter screens there, uh, they're, they're just evil. In our hometown here, where we're at in uh, Conover, they've, they've had these um, big police, like, it's not a crane, but it's this thing that, that they put in the parking lot and it like it like there's a like a little booth there and this little crane like thing raises the booth up above the parking lot and it's somebody sits in there and i believe there's multiple cameras on this little booth thing and they're in there with tinted windows monitoring everything and and i'm sure recording activity of what's going on in the parking lot i, I didn't really i might have reported on and i might have put an email out about it but i mean you know, it's just further evidence of Walmart's complicity. Organization have the capabilities to deliver products directly to FEMA's CONUS distribution centers. CONUS is, uh, I think it stands for, uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, not contingency, but uh, continuity of the United States. Okay, CONUS. That's what I believe it stands for. Something along them lines. Okay, and and it shows. It shows that they're asking people, do you do you uh, qualify for this contract? Okay, okay. It says vendors are encouraged to ask the government questions regarding this potential requirement. Okay, and they're saying that all submissions for these uh, this request must be uh, in no later than 2 p.m. 26th of January 2011. They're pushing for something. Think about it. Connect the dots, people. All right, FEMA coffins. They were out two years ago. This tells you this has been this is something that's been in the works. That's been planned. so. I guess he gave the deadline there, 26th of January 2011. Well, this is, you know, what two months later? We're at right now, almost two months later. They're pushing something for like a deadline. They've got all these joint exercises going on. There's all this seismic activity in that same area really does seem like they're pushing for some impending event that they're aware of and they're trying to prepare for. And, okay, uh, uh, three years ago, I'm sorry, uh, for the FEMA coffins. And now, look, they are requesting all these meals be uh, – they're looking for a company that can support delivering all of this food to where they want it to. And it states right here that uh, – that, uh, the purpose of the request for information is to identify sources of supply for meals in support of the disaster relief efforts based on a catastrophic disaster event within a new Madrid fault system. All right, look at the for a survival population survival population of seven million. They're looking at serving fourteen million meals per day. Something is right around the corner, folks. I've shown you guys the seismic activity. If you haven't seen it, you need to go look. All right, I've got videos that show the activity that I've taken note of, and I've got videos that show, show normal activity. For all those skeptics that say what I was showing people was normal, shoot, you need to go to the video that shows, shows the normal activity, and then eat your words, okay? Because for me, I think you're shills. I think you're out there trying to, trying to ease people's minds about all of this. Look, I'm not chicken little, and I'm not calling, calling that the sky is falling, but... I'm calling for uh, th this is uh, this is all cause for alarm, okay? And you can you can react with you can react with uh, common sense and a plan and prepare for this event, or you can react with fear, okay? And not get nothing accomplished at all because you're too scared, all right? You're too sh shocked by the news that you're receiving but something is going on in the world the media is not reporting about it this is a very 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 important thing all right all of the dots are, are coming together fema coffins trains um the new madrid the birds and the animals everything is all finally falling in place the dots are, are finally being connected this is just one more nail in the coffin uh, in regards to proof against our government, the New Madrid fault system, and, and HARP, and, and all the intentional efforts at creating drama uh, in, in our daily lives with a, with a catastrophic event. Okay? If you, guys, uh, if you guys need any further information, please, before you PM me, look down in the 
more video, the more detail section of the video, and there will be links to everything that we're looking at here, okay? And I'll be glad to answer your questions as best as I can, but something is coming right around the bend. And if you don't believe that this isn't something that we need to pass around to every single person we know, then I hate it. Something's wrong with you. Okay, because this is a catastrophic event on such a level that it involves everybody, the whole global community. Okay, even a little event at the seismic zone, the New Madrid seismic zone, is cause for an alarm because it would affect affect the entire world. I mean, the the, the death of the Gulf Stream has already affected most of Europe's weather conditions over there reporting that uh, they haven't seen winters like this for a thousand years okay everything points to a pole shift a new intentional ice age like I've been talking about and, and martial law in regards to a catastrophic event that is being planned for uh, okay so that's was basically the uh the clip there, when he said a coming ice age, he's very much in reference to the oil spill in the Gulf, and I went into this in great detail in some of my previous studies, how that has actually stalled the Gulf Loop, which actually dovetails into the Gulf Stream, which is one of the reasons why the England and Scotland and those types of countries have temperate winters. Um, they're having some of the coldest winters on record, and it's a direct result of the Gulf Loop stalling because of the oil spill has caused that, and um, it's affected that greatly. So let's go further here. <clears throat> now, what I the next thing I give you is the actual thing that he was reading from. He makes a point. FEMA and Department of Homeland Security requesting 14 million emergency meals for the New Madrid seismic zone. Why would they order all of this? Actually, it's way more than 14 million. It's 140 million because, remember, it's 14 million per day. It's a 10-day supply, though. So 14 million times 10 is 140 million. Can you imagine the, the amount of space that would take up? 140 million meals ready to eat? Why would they order all this, spend all this money if they're only practicing during their um, NLE, New Madrid Fault Zone uh, uh, thing that they're, they're putting on this year in May that we, we've already mentioned and we've given you the documentation. Anyway, I'll give you the documentation on the, this request that he was reading from for prepackaged commercial meals from the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA. Uh, just so you have it for documentation, I give you the links to that. I also give you a link to all seismic activities currently occurring in the New Madrid seismic zone. I'll give you a link to that. I'm also going to play a couple videos from the Weather Channel where they're uh, telling people in Tennessee and, and elsewhere that an earthquake in the New Madrid fault zone is basically coming into prepare. Now, this is from the Weather Channel. So now we've seen some things that, that the government is, is openly doing, these, these preparedness things and ordering this food and, and these intra-agency things. Now we're actually seeing the Weather Channel come out and actually totally confirm this as well. So let's go ahead and listen to these. 
the prosperous Mississippi River Valley in the crosshairs of a surprising menace. It would be like looking at Katrina three, four times in a row. A catastrophic event that resonates across 300,000 square miles. There are 10 million people in that area. Survivors left without water, power, or heat. Roads and bridges destroyed, making rescue efforts impossible. The losses would be really in the hundreds of billions of dollars. It's a scenario that could redefine disaster in America. Large-scale uh, damage would affect the entire United States and, to some extent, the entire world. But it's not a hurricane, nor a tornado, nor a raging flood. The natural disaster scientists most fear will strike the central U.S. is a massive earthquake in and around Memphis, Tennessee. American cities at risk. Okay, and again, the, the caption to this video is Massive Earthquake Will Strike Central U.S. 10 million people will feel the effects of the new Madrid quake. Even though they didn't mention that, it's, it's actually in the description of the video. <clears throat> anyway, th- there was another video there. there. It's kind of redundant, though. It's, it's very similar to the first one. It is different, but I give you the links to both of them there. Um, you can listen to. Next one is a report. This was from... July 1st of last year, and it was a report from New Madrid Fault Area that, uh, entitled, The Surface Rupture of Roads and Highways is Out of Control. Now, this was last year, and <clears throat> this man goes on to say, I live in the New Madrid Fault. All I can tell you is this, the surface rupture of roads and highways is out of control. Also, every day of the week, the structure of my mom's home is cracking and shifting. You can hear the walls and the surfaces surface crack. Nearby is a Dollar General store. In that parking lot, there are three flagpoles that vibrate violently, not shaking from the wind. Each is every, each and every day, the roads blow up, quote, blow up potholes. US 41 is ruptured severely. Interstate 65 is also badly damaged. They keep trying to repave them, but it doesn't work. The Klein Avenue bridge at points is closing. The bridge and the off ramps lead right into Inland Steel and LTV. LTV Steel and BP Amico. So far, I believe set five to seven bridges have been shut down or are scheduled to become closing because they are unsafe. I monitor the earthquakes daily. I mean, it's, it's a fact of life there, these earthquakes. And as you know, there are far too many happening too quickly. I believe the general public has been misled. In Moments, Illinois, some of the buildings are beginning to sink. In Cedar Lake, Indiana, the same is happening. The bottom line is this. Buildings are cracking. Parking lots can't be fixed. Roads and bridges are closing every week. Sidewalks are sinking. And sinkholes are opening everywhere. At any time, day or night, you can literally feel the earth vibrate below your feet. I'm in northwest Indiana. And I believe we're about to get hit with an earthquake of biblical proportions. We're surrounded by propane, natural gas, and BP Amico refineries. And I'm more concerned uh, what will happen when the new Madrid erupts. Because he's in the Wabash Valley uh, seismic zone. Or or a lot closer to it. Uh, Anyway, that that was a report there. Here's another one. Uh, the New Madrid and Great Lakes region is connected to the Caribbean fault system. Based on the way the mid-continental United States is geologically formed, if someone wanted to trigger the Caribbean plate system, the best way to do so would be to first destabilize the Caribbean plate. This could be accomplished by destabilizing the seabed floor of the Gulf of Mexico. 
In fact, it's already been done via the BP oil rig disaster. The next thing you would have to do is set up. And again, but again, there's a lot of other very, very deep well offshore drilling that has also taken place that has also fractured the seabed floor. So it's just not that one particular event. There's multiple uh, hundreds of, of oil rigs out there. So the next thing you would have to do is set off the Caribbean plate is you would have to trigger a massive fault line rupture at the new Madrid fault zone. Uh, so that's another take. Here's another take. Geologist Jack Reed connects the Gulf of Mexico to New Madrid, new, new Madrid seismic system, calls the Gulf seismically active. Jack M. Reed, a retired Texaco geologist, geophysicist, has been carefully studying the geology of the Gulf of Mexico for over 40 years. Reed is convinced that the Gulf of Mexico is currently tectonically active and that the Gulf of Mexico is the source for most seismic activity along the New Madrid Fault. Now, think about that. The Gulf of Mexico is the actual source. Well, with all the things that have happened in the Gulf, you know, in the last year, year and a half, it's no wonder if that were the case, if they're connected, and it appears as though they very much are, now you've got all this unbelievable activity in the New Madrid Fault Zone. Well, makes sense. According to Reed, there is substantial evidence that the New Madrid Fault Zone is directly connected to deeply buried tectonics in the Gulf of Mexico. And the tectonics, you think of tectonic plates, the plates that are underneath you know, the crust of the earth, and they're, they're, you know, they rub on one another, and this is what causes fault lines and, and earthquakes and things of this nature. Uh, so the result of such connection could mean a catastrophic future event of unimaginable damage and rearrangement of the geography of the United States, which will kind of line up with these maps that I keep seeing where you've got literally the... Mississippi River widening to a gigantic degree and then actually connecting that right into the Great Lakes. So it's almost like you'd have a great inland sea. Um, again, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying it's going to happen 100% for sure. I think there is going to be some event that takes place in the New Madrid Fault Zone and I think it's going to be very bad according to everything that we're seeing here. And this just confirms to me all those studies I did about the Gulf that that, I mean, and, and again, on the, along those lines, I know I haven't reported on it a lot lately, but things haven't changed there, okay? I, I put out an email the other day to my email list, and it was, you know, this woman that, that they interviewed, and she was dead already, but and she's having all these, was having all these horrific problems, specifically related to the oil spill, just from the inhalation of of not only the oil vapors, but I'm sure the Corexit that they spray to sink the oil to make the problem go away, or supposedly make it go away. Here's some here's some reports I just got from yesterday, okay, regarding this. Report. Huge new spill near Deepwater Horizon. Uh, slick is one hundred miles long. Uh, skimming started days ago. Oh, just another one hundred mile long slick. I guess they weren't keeping up with their Corexit spraying enough. They weren't able to sink it quick enough. Maybe they've got another major blowout down there that they haven't been able to contain. I don't know. But this, is, this isn't this is the only source of this. I've, I've saw this from several sources. Slick's 100 miles long. I mean, the guy, there was, there was people that were going through it in boats, and they were, their eyes were burning and this and that. I mean, it's not like you can really hide something like that. Another, another uh, 
story. Now, I give you the links to all these stories here. If you don't believe me, click on the links and you can see yourself. Photos of a 100-mile-long slick spotted off Louisiana coast. Slick is rapidly expanding. So it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Next, next article. Coast Guard source says there's been another oil spill in the Gulf. And the Dolphin Island, uh, Dolphin Island mayor. Um, next article. Hard to believe I was seen. Hard to believe I was seen as much oil in southern Louisiana again. This disaster is far from over. So in other words, it's just continuing to reoccur. Remember, like I had said, they cap. They try to cap the well. All of these. All it's doing is forcing the pressure into these other weakened areas where the oil eventually works its way up to the surface from these deep wells. There, and there's no way you can contain it. There could be. It could be coming out in thousands of different spots in these weakened areas. There's no way you can really cap something like that. It's a mess that you can't really fix. The next article, oil con- confirmed by local official, five-mile stretch seen offshore, oil already reached Grand Isle, Port Fuchon. Those are just five, and I just got them from yesterday. These, it hasn't stopped. I mean, I could, I could keep doing this every single week, and I know for a while I was. I was totally devoting almost all the teachings to that for a while, when we were right in the thick of that. But I could keep doing it. I could, I could do literally probably a two-hour study, or at least an hour study, every week, just updating you on that one thing. Problem is, is there's so many breaking current events that I barely can keep, I really can't even keep up with that, much less getting into a lot of dedicated studies, because I get a lot of requests for, okay, can you do a study on this? Can you do, uh, I'd like to, but I'm only one person, and there's only so many hours in the day, and there's just no way I can get to everything. And it's just, you can't do it. If I had a team of people around me, it'd be one thing, but I, you know, um, I'm not complaining. I mean, I praise the Lord that I've been able to do this as long as I have. It's just that, um, Hopefully you can kind of understand why I have a harder time doing dedicated studies. Now, I give you then uh, another future map of North America. This is actually, I don't have the Standale one up here. You will watch it in that video. This is another one from a guy named stevedrinker.com, future map of North America. It's not quite as aggressive in regard to uh, the water infiltration as... Um, Standale, I don't think it's quite as aggressive as the one I've seen from the Navy. And the Navy's got one of these maps too. But again, it's basically you've got the uh, Mississippi River. I mean, this thing is gigantic now. Wide, long, connected into the Great Lakes. You've got the Eastern Seaboard. You've got Florida, massively flooded. It's just a, you know, it's probably half the size, and it's, you know, you would be talking literally millions and millions of deaths, I'm sure, in this type of scenario. Anyway, I give you a link to that, I give you a picture of it, and um, then I'm going to play you um, about an eight minute clip here from another video I received uh, of a man who um, talks about this. Now, this is his take. I'm giving you some different opinions from some different experts in their given fields. And again, take it to the Lord in prayer, pray fast about it, 
you know, whatever you feel compelled to do. I'm just trying to give you some different opinions about this particular thing. And I've got all this put on my lap, in particular, in the last four or five days. I've had a lot of this coming at me. And a lot of times that's a very high confirmation from the Lord that I need to cover this particular thing. Again, all these unrelated sources giving me information, and they're all basically kind of saying the same thing, just with a little different flavor. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip here. Okay, um, I just kind of was scanning through this video, and I'm going to go back a little bit further than I'd planned and let this play a little bit more. Um, he gets into this Navy map that I mentioned, which matches these other maps that I keep seeing. Uh, and this is from the Navy, okay? And these are, he talks about a lot of his sources in the Navy um, that are uh, gi- giving him this information, multiple sources. And um, the title of the video is, well, it has something, they say it has something to do global warming, but it, it's, it's more of a debunking and then also what the government isn't telling you. I don't know this gentleman's name. He did a tour with the Prophecy Club like I did, evidently. And uh, he's not speaking at the Prophecy Club here, but he's presenting his information. He's a born-again Christian. He's very vocal about that. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and roll this clip here, and um, we'll see what we can ascertain. We have here. As I started tracking this matter of abrupt climate change and rising ocean levels, I incorporated into casual conversations with people I knew and came in contact with. I was having lunch one day with a friend of mine. This friend is a veteran of the U.S. Navy Submarine Corps. And I was talking about what would be causing this, because I did pretty quickly learn what would be causing the rising ocean levels and abrupt climate change. And my friend starts telling me what he heard in a classified U.S. Navy briefing. And he went on and on about how the Navy had told everybody in the submarine corps about rising ocean levels and what that would mean and why Navy retirees should consider moving to the Arkansas-Missouri Ozarks because the Navy was telling, and is still telling these men, that the Arkansas-Missouri Ozarks are one of the known safe havens when all these events take place. Later that night, I got home and I was thinking about our conversation and something occurred to me that hadn't occurred to me while the two of us were together. And it occurred to me that I was talk- that we were talking about the same thing. I was talking about the cause, and he was talking about the effect. At that point, I also remembered a map, a map that a patient of my wife, my wife's a chiropractor, had brought in and showed my wife back in the mid-'80s of what North America would look like after the oceans rose to their new levels. Now, at the time, I thought, this lady needs a tinfoil hat real bad. That's the only thing I could think of. It was a beautiful full-color map done by a psychic. But I always remember the map. I have a, a very good memory about things that I choose to remember. And I thought about this map, and I, I called my friend on the phone, and I said, I got this map. I want to send a copy of it. I got a, a little copy I found on the Internet, 4 by 4 inches. So I sent it to him by email. And my friend looks at it and he says, well, from the Rocky Mountains east, it's very accurate 
compared to what the Navy showed us, with one exception. Wisconsin's gone on the Navy's map. Wisconsin is still there on Scallion's map, Gordon Michael Scallion, well-known psychic. And from the Rocky Mountains west... Now, obviously, I don't advocate any psychic maps, okay? That's garbage. I would never... I don't even know why he would even include that. What he should have done is just stuck with what he learned from his Navy contacts. But he was able to show it to one of these Navy contacts, and he said, yeah, it's, it's accurate to a certain extent. And again, I'm looking at it right now, and it's very... It's probably the most aggressive one I've seen regarding the eastern seaboard and regarding the destruction or the total flooding of Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. Florida's totally gone, and then the eastern seaboard in particular is very, very aggressive. Uh, but again, I keep seeing these same maps from different people pop up over and over, and you know the Navy has one, so. Bear that in mind. Take that with a grain of salt, what he just said. But if that was where it ended, where he said, well, I had this map from this psychic, well-known psychic, I mean, who, who cares? They're, they're, they're just getting their, their information from demons and devils. Okay? But he was actually able to take it to somebody, and not only that, several, I believe, of his Navy contacts have confirmed this to him. That's the point that, that I think we need to kind of focus in on here. So I'm going to go ahead and restart this. It's... Not even close to what the Navy says. Not even a little bit close. So I went ahead and ordered a copy of Scallion's map, a full-size version of it, and I get together with my friend, and, we, and he goes over the entire coast of the United States, east coast, gulf coast around Florida, down to Texas, west coast on up to Washington. And he shows me in great detail where the Navy said the new shoreline was going to be. He also told me that the East Coast would take damage up to the Blue Ridge Parkway. Now, the, the, the Blue Ridge Parkway runs north-south on the east side of the Appalachian Mountains, about 100 miles from the coast. Now, you have to keep in mind, this is not John Moore. This is U.S. Navy. That's not no 100 miles from the coast. This is where I, I'm basically at right now, and it's more, more than 100 miles from the coast, definitely. So, just so you know classified briefings telling these men what would be happening in the future. Since talking to my friend, I've also interviewed three more Navy veterans. One was an officer in a submarine corps. Another was an intelligence officer from another service assigned to the submarine corps for a three-year tour of duty. And the third guy was a Navy veteran. Fourth guy, actually. The intelligence officer, he was uh, kind of a, an unusual way that, that the two of us got together. A friend of mine, he's a college professor, and, and I was at his college class on international relations giving a presentation on terrorism. The other presenter was this former intelligence officer. So we finish our presentation to college students on terrorism, and we go to a pizza place in Rolla, and there's four of us. Myself, I'm sitting here, the retired intelligence officer, his wife sitting next to me, and the intelligence officer himself sitting across from me, and my friend and college professor is right over here. Once I found out that he did a three-year tour of duty with the submarine corps, I knew I had to ask the question. I might never see this man again in my life. i got to ask the question. Now, we haven't talked about rising ocean levels. 
and this, this you have to keep in mind, this is a basic tool of investigative work, is interviewing witnesses at different times and different places, interviewing witnesses that don't know each other. If you want to get to the heart of the matter, that's the way it's done. You find witnesses who don't know each other that have the same information, and you interview them at different times and different places. So I ask him, tell me what you know about rising ocean levels. His wife sitting next to me, before he can even speak up, his wife sitting next to me says the following. We were on our last duty assignment, and we were at the Pentagon. Now, we've been all over the planet, typical military family, and we had to pick a place to retire. We chose the Arkansas-Missouri Ozarks because of rising ocean levels. I had my answer. I had my answer. We talked about that a little bit more. A few weeks later, I made a lunch appointment with him, and I brought the map with me that I revised after going over with the first submarine veteran. I brought it with me. We met at Steak and Shake, had lunch, and I had him revise the map even further, getting a, a few more details in there. The third submarine veteran, retired submarine officer, he's one of my pistol students, we had lunch, and we talked, and, and he says, John, I signed these non-disclose agreements. If I tell you what I know, I could lose my pension. I have to be out five years before I can tell what I know about rising ocean levels. I've only been out three years. I said, well, can you blink your eyes once for yes and twice for no? Then you won't be talking. He says, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the retired submarine officer verified what the other two submarine veterans had told me earlier. Word for word, detail for detail. And he also, this is the third man who had chosen the Arkansas-Missouri Ozarks for his retirement home. Prophecy Club, a Christian group out of Topeka, Kansas, they sent me on a, on a nationwide speaking tour in 2005 on this topic. And up in, I'm up in Detroit speaking on this. On one of the breaks, I have a man walk up and introduce himself to me. He says, John, I'm in the insurance industry. And we've wondered for years, us in the insurance industry, why is there such a cluster of retired Navy people in the zip codes of the Arkansas-Missouri Ozarks? Now I know. Now I got my answer. The Navy knows. Another pistol student of mine, a retired Navy guy, I said, uh, what's the altitude of your new home? He told me to the foot the altitude of his new home. How many people can do that? Almost nobody. He told me to the foot the altitude of his new home in the Arkansas, Missouri, Ozarks. Absolutely he did How many planets are there in our solar system? Nine? Okay. NASA. Never a straight answer. NASA. <laughs> July 29th, 2005, announced the finding of the 10th planet, named Xena. Do a Google search. They did. Don't take my word for it. NASA announced the finding of the 10th planet, named Xena. 29th of July, 2005. Parade Magazine and the Sunday newspaper. It was a front cover of the January 15th, 2006 edition. A friend of mine, I started telling him about these matters in 2004. After the NASA press announcement in July of 2005, 
he calls me up and he says, John, you're not crazy. There really is a tenth planet. <laughs> NASA said so. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. There has to be a cause. And this is something, quite frankly, we don't need to address it, but we will address it. The cause is the tenth planet. Now, what NASA is calling the tenth planet is not the tenth planet we're concerned about. It's the tenth planet that's referred to in the Bible, also called Wormwood. The closer you are to the current equator, whatever that might be, the better off you are when these things happen, if there's a pole shift, because your climate's not going to change all that much. If you're in Miami, Florida, and we have a 20-degree pole shift, you're not going to end up with a really, really bad winter. You're going to have a mild winter. But if you're in Maine and you got a 20-degree pole shift, you could end up with the weather of Siberia real easy. And when this 10th planet comes through our solar system every 3,600 years, it just causes severe problems on our planet. Interacting with the Earth electrically and with gravity both. The back of your paper, No Need for Panic, there is a number of books cited that you can get from the library or purchase from different authors that talk in great detail about these planetary matters. Professor James McKinney, who is a credentialed scientist, has written a number of books on this. He's a real astrophysical scientist, and he knows about this stuff. I'm a private detective and a researcher. I'm not a scientist. But I can tell you what the scientists say, because I've read their books. And I can tell you what... Dr. Velikowski said, because I've read his books. And I can tell you what the Bible says, because I've read the Bible. And all these things are true, and all these things are in the process of happening right now. <clears throat> it took me a while to figure this out, in the, for the following reason. All, all these Navy veterans, they were all told about abrupt climate change, and rapidly, violently rising ocean levels. And I, I, I've been trying to, I was trying to figure out, and I finally figured out in the past 12 months, where is all this water going to come from? Because the men that I was interviewing, they were in the audience, like you guys. They weren't the scientists. The Navy just told these men in these classified briefings what would be happening. They didn't tell them how or why. They didn't need to know. They told them what would be happening. They told them that these oceans would, be, would become violent and have massive violent tidal waves that would wipe out all areas near the coast. Up until last year, I was thinking, oh, melting ice at Antarctica, melting ice at Greenland. But that, how could it melt that fast? Well, it can't melt that fast, even with what we're going through. It turns out the answer was right in front of me all the time. There's a quote from Velikowski that I'll be reading here in a moment when we get to it. It turns out that the knowledge is something all oceanographers know and a lot of people in, in geology departments in every university knows. There is a bulge of water at the equator. Now, we need to, we're talking about sea level here. Sea level is measured at Cornwall, England. It's a couple hundred years ago, England was kind of running things when it came to oceans, and they got to pick where to measure sea level, and they measured it. At car they got a big rock. There's a line there. That's sea level. It turns out 
that sea level varies as much as 494 feet up and down from that rock in Cornwall, England. Now, that's like a 50-story building. I mean, it's a lot of water. And there's a bulge of literally millions of cubic miles, cubic miles, one mile by one mile by one mile, cubic miles, millions of cubic miles of water bulge at the equator of this planet. It wasn't common knowledge for John Moore, I found out. It's not common knowledge for most people. It's held in place by two things, rotation of the earth and gravity. Anything that changes our true north, our pull, by more than just a couple of degrees, will cause that water to be disrupted. And there's a technical term for it, slush. <laughs> and there's records locked up in bones and stone of this having happened in the past. Velikowski talked about it extensively in his books. Talk a little bit about this water damage. You have a map in your handout. Now, from Washington, D.C. to Boston is basically one big city. Since World War II, that's what it's become, one big city. All that's going to be gone. Going down the coast to Atlanta and down to Florida. Florida, the highest point in Florida is on the panhandle, 55 feet above sea level. Florida's finished, except for a small part of the isthmus, maybe. And that's a big maybe. Gulf Coast. Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi are pretty much going to be gone. In fact, the new mouth of the Mississippi will be at the current Arkansas-Louisiana state line, a couple hundred miles up from where it is right now. Going down around the coast of Texas, Texas will take damage about 100 miles inland. California will take damage 25 to 100 miles inland, depending on a couple of things, the level of the altitude above sea level, and seismic activity. On up the west coast to Oregon and Seattle, all coastal areas being damaged 50 to 100 miles inland. And once again, seismic activity is going to play a big role in what happens. Locally in the Midwest, we have something called the New Madrid, New Madrid Seismic Zone. Once the Mississippi River becomes 50 to 100 miles wide, the U.S. Navy, not John Moore, the U.S. Navy says it will trigger th at least three nine-point-plus earthquakes on the New Madrid seismic zone. Southern Illinois will basically be a, a one large swamp. In fact, Southern Illinois is already pretty swampy. So I believe he said the Navy is going to be the one that triggers it, and the uh, logical way that they would do that would be through HARP, you know, managed cataclysmic events that they, you know, are planning here. And this would confirm how it's going to confirm a lot with the rest of the teaching, as, as you'll see. If you fly over the Mississippi River right now, you can see where the river used to be. You can see where its banks were at one time. A much, much larger river than it is now. And another thing, I just got this video today. Okay, and never seen this man speak. He toured when I toured back in 05. And um, I believe I went in March or, yeah, March or April. Anyway, because um, they only send out one speaker once a month. And I get this information today, and he 
talks specifically in this video, and he's been doing this since 05, about the New Madrid Fault Zone, and how the earthquakes there will be triggered, and how it um, very much is going to help create this map that I keep seeing over and over again of these, you know, Florida being basically gone and the Mississippi River rerouted and widened and, you know, all of this, how this ties together. And he's here, we have another independent source confirming this and I literally received his video today. I mentioned Wisconsin will be gone. The Great Lakes will become one vast inland sea joining up with Hudson Bay up in Canada. That's what the Navy says. And it's kind of ironic and kind of caught my attention when all three, all of these Navy veterans, these submarine veterans, they all look at this map and they say, John, Wisconsin's gone. It's finished. There's, no, there's not going to be any more Wisconsin. Florida's gone. Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, finished, gone. Okay, and that's basically his presentation on that part. He does say a lot more. It's about a two-hour... Uh, almost a two-hour video in totality. And I give you the link there. You can watch the rest of it if you like. So, again, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad tidings, but out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established, and it just seems that there's a lot of arrows pointed in that direction. And we're going to bolster this even further. Next um, commentary states, when the New Madrid Fault is triggered by HARP, there will also be a branch fault zone that runs off it and could be triggered as well. Due to HARP, um, the destable and probably the best documentary on HARP is the one Jesse Ventura did, or at least one of the best. I don't even know if you can get that conspiracy theory. I know they started trying to take those off YouTube, but conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura, he did a whole uh, study on the HARP, uh, ionosphere heaters, uh, particularly the one in Alaska. And uh, Dr. Nick Begich is probably the for- world's foremost expert on that. He actually lives in Alaska as well. And so anyway, <clears throat> HARP, uh, the destabilizing of the Gulf of Mexico, okay, due to HARP, the destabilizing of the Gulf of Mexico seafloor bed and what could result. If you destabilize the seafloor, in the Gulf, which the BP oil spill did, and then totally collapse the seafloor with a nuclear device, and then use HARP to activate weak areas of the New Madrid fault zone and its branch line in the Wabash Valley, then you can create a dreaded double megaquake, because the New Madrid and Wabash Valley can be activated by the Caribbean plate being disturbed as well. The Wabash Valley could be set off by HARP targeting its parent fault zone in the New Madrid. See how this all ties together, or could potentially tie together? If the U.S. military were to set off a nuke now at the BP oil cap, well, and they could do it many other places as well, I think, then were, then they were to put HARP into kill mode at the New Madrid fault line, we were talking about something that is biblical in nature. We were talking about something equivalent to a 10.2 earthquake if it happened in California, Chile, Alaska, Cascadia, or Indonesia. And I give you the link to that thread as well. Now, then, I kind of segue here. And what I need to do is I need to break for part two of the study. Because we're well into this one. So we'll see you in part two. God bless you.
If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's drjohnson at the letter i, the letter x, dot netcom dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.